0: Hello, this is Pastor Carl Gallops, and I am honored that you are going to be with me today in this walk through the Word. I suppose one of the most difficult of Christian concepts, biblical concepts to grasp, is that of the Trinity. In fact, there are different um, faith groups, different sects even of Christianity that grapple with this to the point of denying the Trinity. The problem is that there is no definitive statement in the scriptures of what we would call the Trinity doctrine. However, the Bible does speak in Trinitarian language, and there is a concept of who God is in a Trinitarian way in the scriptures. And so the word Trinity is not found in the Bible. This is simply a word that we use to describe the concept of how God describes himself through his word. So I want to talk with you for a a few moments today about this concept of the Trinity. I want to give you some some biblical proof of this concept and this doctrine and this way in which God describes himself. And plus, I want to give you a few um, concrete examples that perhaps you can wrap your mind around and use as you minister this truth to others. The concept of the Trinity, that is, how God represents himself, how God exists, how we know God in the ultimate of his person, this is important for us because it specifically goes to the deity of Jesus Christ. That is, it specifically goes to whether Jesus is really God with us, God in the flesh. If you deny this Trinitarian concept, this concept of who God is then it's very easy to take the next step and to deny that Jesus is actually God in the flesh, God with us. There are certain faith groups that do that very thing. They begin by denying the concept of the Trinity, and then from there, they deny the deity of Jesus Christ. Of course, if Jesus was not God with us, then why do we trust in him with our salvation? So he was a teacher of, of, of kingdom principles. He was the highest form of some archangel. He was the, uh, the, the, the best prophet that ever lived. Well, why, why not trust in Buddha? Why not trust in Gandhi? Why not trust in Muhammad? Why not tr- <laughs> you, you get the point. So either Jesus was God with us and therefore qualified to be our Savior, therefore qualified to promise us eternal life, or he was not. Now, all of that goes to our understanding of the Trinity. So let me repeat myself very quickly and just say the word Trinity is not found in the Bible. This is simply a word that we use to describe how God describes himself. Now, this is what it all goes to. It goes to our understanding of the scriptures. Listen, Trinitarian language is found in the scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. Paul says it like this, "The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all." Okay? So there there's a what I call a trinitarian passage of scripture. Jesus Christ, God himself, God the Father, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are all presented together in one verse as being Equal with one another. As a matter of fact, in this passage of scripture, the name Jesus Christ comes first. In other trinitarian passages, sometimes the Holy Spirit will come first. Sometimes the uh, God the Father will come first. But but the bottom line is, you see Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit all stated together in one verse, one sentence. So I call that a, a trinitarian language. Passage of Scripture. But here's what it comes down to. Listen, before we get specifically to the Scripture, l- let me just remind you of this. When we're talking about the concept of the Trinity, what we're trying to do is to talk about the concept of who God is, the person of God. And remember, God is not just some magic man in the sky, He's not just some bigger form of a human floating around in the universe. God is other than us. The Bible says that God created the universe and everything in it. The universe, the cosmos, everything that is everything, all that we know is in the universe, and the Bible declares that that is just one of God's creations. God doesn't exist in the universe. He exists outside of the universe. The universe is one of his creations. So when we speak of God, we are speaking of the ultimate reality, the ultimate being, the ultimate life that has ever existed, that has eternally existed, that will always exist. How can we, in our finite state, how can we even begin to describe this unthinkable, this immeasurable God? Well, lucky for us, (laughs) we are blessed in that God has revealed himself to us, at least as much as we can understand, through his word, of course, ultimately through his Son, Also as well, through His Holy Spirit who lives within us, revealing the truth of His Word, the truth of the glory and grace and mercy of His Son, and the truth of His mind and His heart to us. What did I just do? I just used a Trinitarian statement. I spoke of the Holy Spirit of God. I spoke of God the Son, Jesus Christ. I spoke of God the Father. And that's a Trinitarian statement. Why do I use this kind of language? Because the Bible does. We're like ants trying to describe a space shuttle. An ant could bump into the bottom of the rubber tire of a space shuttle and declare that he's now got it all figured out. But you and I would laugh at that ant because we know that he doesn't even understand the vulcanization process of rubber that makes the tire, much less the inner workings of the space shuttle, much less the the space into which the space shuttle flies and operates and the the computer technology and and the people that are inside an ant doesn't even understand a human being. So how could an ant understand a space shuttle? Yet the space shuttle exists and the ant exists. Exists. So just because one physical reality cannot even begin to comprehend another physical reality, it doesn't mean that one or the other of them doesn't exist. It's the same way when we speak of God. We're the ants. God's the space shuttle. We can't even begin to comprehend him in the totality and the reality of who he is. But we can speak of him accurately insofar as he has revealed himself in a way in which we can understand him. How do we do that? Well, we go to the word. So we ask ourselves some questions. Does the Bible say that the Father is God or that God is called God the Father? Well, of course it does. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, this is a truth. We don't even have to prove that by scriptures. This is commonly accepted even by those who deny the Trinity. God the Father, that's a given. Okay, the creator of the universe, God the Father. All right, now, does the Bible say that the Father is God? Yes. So can we speak of God the Father? Yes. But does the Bible also proclaim that Jesus is God, that the Son is God with us? Well, actually it does. We go to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I mean, we can begin right there. There are many other passages. Colossians chapter 1 says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And by him, Jesus, all things were made that has been made. Everything that has been made was made through him, by him, for him, and in him all things hold together. I mean, the scriptures declare that Jesus is God. There's no doubt about it. There's no arguing that fact. So does the Bible proclaim that the Father is God? Yes. Does the Bible proclaim that the Son is God, that Jesus is God, that he is both with the Word and is the Word, that he is with God and is God. Yes, it does. All right. Now, does the Bible proclaim that the Holy Spirit is God? Well, actually, it does. Throughout the Scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, we discover things like the Spirit of the living God, or God is the Spirit. Well, as a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, I think of that passage immediately. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, There is freedom. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. We're told that the Spirit is eternal. In Acts chapter 5, the Apostle Peter tells Ananias and Sapphira, you've lied to the Holy Spirit. And then it says, When you've lied to the Holy Spirit, you've not lied to men, but you've lied to God. So Peter equates the Holy Spirit with God. So yes, the scriptures are clear. The Holy Spirit is defined as God, as deity. So Let me stop. Do the Scriptures declare that the Father is God? Yes, undeniably. Do the Scriptures declare that the Son is God, that Jesus is God? Yes, indisputably. Do the Scriptures declare that the Holy Spirit is God? Yes, absolutely. Beginning in Genesis, the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the deep. Beginning in Genesis, let us make man in our image beginning in Genesis. Yes, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. Now watch this. Do the Scriptures also proclaim that there is but one God? As a matter of fact, the Scriptures do proclaim that. Deuteronomy chapter 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Interesting. Now, what a lot of people don't know is in that passage of Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, that word Lord is Yahweh in Hebrew. The Lord your God, that word God, is Elohim in Hebrew. El is the singular form of God. Elohim is the plural form of God, and it's also a name given to God the Creator, God of the universe, the Lord God, throughout the Scriptures. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh your Elohim is but one. Now that Hebrew word for one is achad. And achad means means a unit that is whole. I guess the best human illustration I could use is we walk out into a parking lot and I point to a vehicle, an automobile, and I say, what is that? I point to it and you say, that's a car. And I say, no, it's not a car. It's uh, tires, and it's a steering wheel, and it's an engine, and it's a, uh, a transmission, and it's rubber, and it's steel, and it's, and it's brakes, and it's plastic, and it's made up of oil and gas. And you stop me and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Those are the parts. That is a car. That's correct. All of those components make up the whole, which is a singular entity, an automobile. Now, that's just a human illustration, and is not perfect. I'm not saying God is made up of pieces, parts, but I'm saying that's what, what the word cod means. It, it's that image of, a, of an automobile, a singular unit, but yet it comes together in unity because it's made up of singular parts. Now, listen to that scripture again. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh, your Elohim, is a cod. Yahweh the ultimate creator the god of the universe the holy one elohim who exists in multiplicity yet he is one he is singular there's the definition there's the 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 declaration given in the scriptures of who god is do the scriptures proclaim that the father is god yes do the scriptures proclaim that jesus is god god with us yes Do the scriptures proclaim that the Holy Spirit is eternal, that the Holy Spirit is God, that the Lord is the Spirit and the Spirit is the Lord? Yes. Do the scriptures proclaim that there is only one God? We don't serve a God with three heads. It's not a three-headed monster. We don't serve three gods. We serve one God who exists in three eternal persons, who exists and has represented himself to us as three. Three in one. One who is three. This is why we use the word Trinity. I know some people are already scratching their heads saying, but how can this be? Remember, we're ants. We're trying to describe a space shuttle. We declare only what the Word of God declares. This is a deep mystery. God is other than us. He's bigger than us. He's grander than us. He is the ultimate reality. We're just one of his creations, but we're the crowning glory of his creation. We are the ones uh, for whom Jesus went to the cross. We are the ones whom God desires fellowship with. Wow we're in the hands, we're in the arms, we're in the salvation of this eternal, unimaginable, unthinkable God who loves us with a love that we cannot even comprehend. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit who draws us to God the Son so that we might be saved, so that we are drawn into the bosom into the arms of God the Father our eternal Savior, with whom we will dwell forever. There's the biblical understanding of the Trinity. I know it's complex, it's difficult to understand, but this is the Bible truth. Never let anyone turn you away from that amazing truth. This has been a word for you from the Word of God by Pastor Carl Gallops.